What is going on guys and welcome back to After Further Review episode 10. I am your sole host on tonight's show. Uh, Shaq is just unavailable tonight, I believe due to work. Um, so your boy Jalen, I'm here holding it down on this Wednesday uh, Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, as you can see, we're not in our usual table setup. I'm in my desk space. This is where I usually work from, where I usually play games from, maybe watch a little bit of TV from but usually primarily work from. Um, if you can hear my fan in the background, uh, the fan of my computer, that is, it's sitting right next to me. So just bear with me. Try and tune that sound out and enjoy the soothing sounds of my voice. Uh, yeah, we've got a jam-packed show today. I'm gonna, I think I can keep it within just about an hour. Um, we are streaming live on YouTube right now. The show is streamed live every single Wednesday at 9 p.m., Eastern Standard Time on the Melheims Media YouTube channel. Uh, so if you're listening to the show, you can always find the YouTube link in the show notes or the description, whatever it's called on Spotify. Uh, yeah, just look underneath the show, and the, the details basically, and you can find a link to follow the or subscribe to the show on YouTube. That way you can watch the show live instead of waiting for the pre-recorded version. Um, and you can see the video version. Um, so yeah, if you want to talk in the chat, uh, I have the chat open at all times so I can see what people are saying. If you want to weigh in on your team or any kind of headline news going on in the sports world, uh, that's the best way to do it is live on YouTube. Uh, again, the link always in the show notes or the description. And then last thing I want to mention before we get into the show today, uh, we do have an Instagram account. It is after further review or basically it's at AFR sports. Uh, so pretty straightforward. You can find some exclusive content if you're into betting or fantasy um, that's where a lot of our kind of last minute stuff goes up on that account uh, screenshots of my lineup um, who I'm betting on that night um, give you a little insider info onto the uh, the betting game so yeah if you want to follow us on Instagram it's at AFR AFR sports um, so yeah that's just gonna do it for the little little housekeeping there before we get into the show I've got my show notes up here so if you see me looking off to the side that's what I'm looking at is the uh, the show notes. Um, so for today's show, we're going to start off with a recap of last week in the NFL. Um, we're going to, since it is Thanksgiving, NBA teams, uh, the three NBA teams that should be the most thankful after free agency. Uh, the L's of the week, of course. And uh, I'll take a break after that segment. And then we'll do the uh, week 12 predictions for the NFL. And then finish it all off with the FanDuel Fantasy lineups. Um, so yeah, you guys are only going to get one lineup this week for FanDuel because Shaq obviously is not here, so just mine. Um, and for that lineup, it's going to be the Thanksgiving edition, so I'm only doing a lineup, one lineup for tomorrow, Thursday, um, the two Thanksgiving games. Uh, so not Sunday like we normally do, but I think I'd, I'd switch it up since it's the holiday, so... Yeah, anyway, we're going to start off with the uh, the first topic of the week, which is recapping this past week uh, in the NFL. And that starts off with Thursday night football. The uh, Seahawks outlasted the Cardinals at home. They beat them 28-21. to I had predicted 33-30. to I thought this was going to be a shootout similar to the first matchup that these two teams had. Um, I'm... I kind of got cold feet, I think maybe the day before the game or the day of the game. 
um, just because the weather report seemed like it was going to be like really nasty. So I was assuming, oh man, maybe they're not going to be as high scoring. So I should come down on this. And it's their second meeting. You know, usually teams can figure each other out on that second time around. So a shootout the first time, kind of an anomaly. So I figured the second time uh, they would be lower scoring. So if anybody took my word on that first go around, I apologize. But I did even change my own score when I bet on this game. I bet on the under, which I think was 57. And, um, yeah, I lucked out because it was... I don't know, I think 40, yeah, 49, so I lucked out big time going that way, um, but anyway, all the betting stuff aside, um, yeah, the, the Cardinals really did kind of cost themselves this game, uh, they are, I want to say they're the most penalized team in the NFL, or at least they were up until this point, I'm not exactly sure, but they've got to be up there, if not number one, uh, they just kept shooting themselves in the foot, and it's on third down situations um, or when Seattle's really backed up in their own territory and just getting stupid penalties. You had that the one play where uh, I don't remember who it was in the Cardinals, but basically like trying to start a fight and you had a bunch of players crowd onto the field. And when you're playing the Seattle Seahawks, you cannot afford any stupid mistakes. I mean, they're hard enough to beat as it is. Uh, dumb mistakes. It's just that's what's going to happen. You're going to end up losing the game. Combine that with the fact that Kyler Murray had uh, hurt his shoulder, so he wasn't 100%, which it seems like he's going to be okay from everything that I've read. Uh, Yeah, the the penalties and the Kyler Murray thing and the fact that they only lost by a touchdown and they, I mean, damn near won it because, I mean, they were taking shots at the end zone in those last couple plays towards the end. Uh, Yeah, Uh, Cardinals fans, for you guys, it just comes down to a... I guess discipline thing. I think they can get it together, but I don't know. To me, it almost seems like a not used to being in this situation, so they don't really know how to act. Uh, but they need to get their act together because those penalties really cost them the game. It was time after time after time where Seattle just kept getting bailed out, and it was like good for them. I mean, what, what do you want them to do? It's not like these are ticky tack calls. I mean, they were pretty blatant, just just stupid boneheaded mistakes. Uh, so good thing that uh, the Seahawks took advantage of that. Uh, but Cardinals fans, do I think you'll get it worked out this season? I don't know. It's hard to say. Seattle, you guys in Seattle are both kind of strange at this point in the season. What you need to really be worried about is uh, L.A. The Rams are, are on fire right now. I think we're going to mention them later in the show. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think this is your year anyway. We'll see what happens next year. I think you guys need a little more experience. Uh, I don't I don't think I see you guys fixing these kind of disciplinary issues uh, this year, at least. Uh, So, yeah, props to the uh, Seahawks for outlasting that one. Moving on to the next game, the Titans beating the Ravens in overtime on Sunday. Uh, This was 30 to 24. I had predicted 23 to 21 Ravens. So I called this one wrong all around. Um, But. I thought the Ravens coming off that loss to my New England Patriots that they would get it together and go up, go out and beat uh, the Titans, but didn't happen that way. Uh, they just kind of let the, the Titans hang around and Titans end up, you know, forcing the overtime and uh, the Titans end up winning the game, which kind of worked in my favor because I think I bet the over for this game and it, that overtime forcing overtime helped the over. So I. 
not no, I'm really not upset at this. Uh, but at the same time, the Ravens just continue to prove that they can't seem to win close games. It's a really, really bad habit that you do not want your team to have, and Baltimore most definitely has it. They can only seem to play from ahead. Anytime they get really down by any more than like a field goal or a touchdown, it's like they just can't seem to get out of their own way or... I don't know. I don't want to say they don't look motivated when they're down because I don't see like that's the problem. I, they just can't seem to play well when they're behind. It's just as simple as that. Um, but it, it's it's bad for Baltimore. It, it is trouble to me. Baltimore was Shaq's pick to come out of the uh, the AFC. At least originally it was at the beginning of the year. Um, but I really don't see that happening. They look just not not good. Uh, like that's. Not something that you want when you you know come to the playoffs. You have to be able to play from behind. It's gonna happen. You're not gonna always always gonna be on top. You're gonna need to figure out a way to win games uh, when you're tra- or trailing. Um, yeah, if they do make the playoffs, because there's a, a few teams in the hunt in the AFC. Like you got Miami, um, Tennessee, and Indianapolis are like neck and neck. So we'll see what happens there. You got Cleveland. So I don't know. I. I'm predicting they're not going to make the playoffs at all, but if they do, they're definitely getting bounced in the first round because on, on top of the fact that they can't play from behind, teams now know how to beat Lamar Jackson, which is just forcing him to throw the ball. It seemed like it was kind of unsure about, <clears throat> like teams were kind of unsure about whether they should do that last year, uh, but it's been proven a few times this year that that's how you take down Baltimore. It's just force Lamar to throw the ball, so is what it is i like lamar but like i just said it is what it is and uh moving on to the last game of the recap we have the colts upsetting the green bay packers at home in indy uh 34 to 31 score is a bit higher than when i thought i was thinking 28 to 25 colts but i did call this people if you followed my pick i did call the colts being the upset here. I thought they were going to take down the Packers on their home field. I don't know. It's just one of those games beforehand where I just got that feeling. Felt like the, the Colts are really hot right now and the Packers are not like kind of lukewarm. You know, came off a weird win against the Jags. Um, and the Colts just did their thing, man. They just kind of outlasted uh, Aaron Rodgers. They had a, a the Packers had a bunch of points in the first half I think they scored uh, I want to say the score was like 21 or 24 to not a lot like seven by halftime um, and then in the second half Packers only scored three points and the Colts went on a rampage tied the game up forced the overtime and then did their thing in overtime so huge props to the Colts they are making a lot of noise this year but like last year they were making a lot of noise towards the beginning of the year and then it's kind of um, you know, fell out at the towards the end of the season, uh, but this year they they are in their stride at the perfect time. I'm, I'm feeling a different, not like last year. Like they are on it this year. The new quarterback with Philip Rivers, and um, I think they're going to make the playoffs. Them in Tennessee are neck and neck. Uh, somehow, some way, though, whether they win their division or a wild card team, I see the Colts making a a playoff spot for sure. Would not want to see them in the postseason because they are just a, a gritty, nasty team. Um, 
kind of reminds me of like the the energy I used to get from Baltimore last year when it was like, man, that's a team you don't want to see. Uh, to me, Baltimore is not really like that anymore, at least as of right now. Indiana, though, to me, at least in the AFC, they have taken that spot as like that just in your face bulldog nasty nasty team uh, that you you just don't want to see so big props to the Colts I'm, I'm kind of rooting for them because you know they just haven't been really that relevant in these past past decade or so really since Peyton left so um yeah upset there so we're going to move on to the next topic which is the uh three NBA teams that should be the most thankful after this year's free agency um so there's been a bunch of NBA free agency moves. Like, as, as usual, as soon as free agency opens, you get a slew of new moves, um, and then it kind of just goes dark after that for usually a while. So <clears throat> most of the big big deals have already taken place as the time, you know, Wednesday is me making this, this episode. Um, but I, you know, went through these. There's quite a few interesting ones, um, but these are the three that – I think were the most like uh, really just the ones that the team should be the most thankful for because they got a great, great deal. Um, so without further ado, let me start with number three and then I'll work my way to number one. Uh, so number three is kind of backwards. It's not even a team at all. It's a player. I know I just said teams, but we're going to start with a player. Uh, Gordon Hayward leaving my Boston Celtics and going to the Hornets Four years, what is it, $120 million. Four years, $120 million. The Charlotte Hornets were willing to pay that man big, big, big time. I The writing was kind of on the raw wall for him to leave the Celtics. Um, I don't think anybody saw him getting $120 million overall. Um, it's just, it's crazy to see him get that much. Now, granted, I love Gordon Hayward. I've got... No problem with them. I'm actually really happy for him. I'm happy anybody gets $120 million with that they, you know. I mean, any, anytime somebody gets paid that much money, good for them, especially him. Um, obviously, the dude works hard. I really wanted him to work in Boston. I'm not going to say that the – here's the thing with Gordon Hayward on my take. I don't think that the injury that he suffered that first year in Boston was the – defining like oh he never was the same after that did it affect his his game clearly yes but it wasn't uh he's he can still play he can still ball don't don't get me wrong he just you know can't carry a team he's not you no know, superstar player um but when the celtics first got him from utah 2017 um i was over the moon i was like yes we had just gotten Kyrie, or maybe he came and then we got Kyrie and think it was that way I'm not sure but um anyway that offseason I was just out of my mind happy because you know him when he was that last year he was in Utah he was balling and he was like a, a elite player at the time I'm not sure if he was an all-star but um he was if he wasn't he was close to that level um so I thought he was going to be a huge 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 help to the team um yeah and then you know we got Kyrie we got the young guys with JT and JB and, you know, the injury happens, and then Kyrie gets injured, and they're both out for the whole year. And then what happens that year? Somehow, some way, I think, was that the year? I think that was the year that we were the uh, number one seed or number two seed. 
Um, we got a really high seeding, and people were calling like, "This is this the worst number one seed in the history of the uh, the playoffs?" Um, because somehow, without at the time our two best players, you know, that's how we ended up, which was crazy. Um, but you know, we went all the way to the Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference Finals, to a Game Seven against the LeBron Cavs, and it was like that Cinderella year, and it was crazy because every everybody could see that the core of the team was Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown. So with those four guys, and I think Aaron Baines was like the the, the fifth guy. And I want to say he was interchangeable with probably Daniel Tice at the time. Um, but yeah, with those guys just bawling, like, I mean, that, that group was still like one of my all time favorite groups of Celtics, just because we were so underrated at the time. Um, I think it became clear to Gordon Hayward, at least like, and everybody else really, but it really became clear to him that we didn't need him. Like, those were the guys that were getting the job done to the point where we were a game away, really like a, a quarter away, because it came down to the last few seconds of that game seven um, from us going to the finals. The NBA finals were right there, um, and we did that without him and without Kyrie, and I think it affected both of them, which kind of led to that just terrible, terrible season we had the next year. Um, but I think it affected both of them, Kyrie more so, just because of kind of his personality, it seems like, but... Um, Gordon Hayward, it had to, it would affect anybody. So him sitting there seeing that, knowing I'm going to come back next year, but I'm not really needed. Like I thought coming into this, this year, I was going to be a crucial piece, but really I'm just kind of, you know, an added boost to the team. I'm really not a crucial role because those guys, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, those guys are going to be carrying the team. Terry Rozier, which I still don't think we should ever have let him walk. I mean, I know he, he got paid by Charlotte, but um, I mean, I'm happy for him. I, I just think that he should have stayed. I love Terry Rozier, love his attitude. Um, I think he should be the starting point guard for us right now, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, the writing was on the wall for him, and it was kind of like, even with Brad Stevens being his you know coach at Baylor, it was like, kind of uh wrong place wrong time like yeah I don't I don't don't think it was just the injury that played a part um it was just the way the team was going at the time he just didn't quite fit into the scheme of things and I wish him nothing but the best in Charlotte I think he'll do really well there um but you know good for him so but yeah he should definitely be sitting at that Thanksgiving table tomorrow and thanking his agent Thanking the Charlotte Hornets, thanking God, thanking everybody because uh, 120 mil. Again, glad he got it. It's just I don't think anybody saw that big of a, a check waiting for him. So, uh, yeah, Gordon Hayward. Long-winded explanation on him. This next one will not be nearly as long. The Bucks should be thankful for getting Drew Holiday and getting Bogdanovich. Huge for them. Huge, huge, huge moves for them. Um, I don't remember exactly the, the couple guys they did lose, but to be honest, it you know, doesn't really matter. They're trying to keep Giannis happy. They want him to stay desperately. I still don't think it's going to be enough for the Bucks to, to win it all, or even depending on what Brooklyn looks like once the actual season starts, but I, I really don't think either way 
that they're going. I think the Nets are just going to be unstoppable. But you know, we'll see, depending on who else they might add to that team. So I still don't see them making the finals unless you know more injuries happen in Brooklyn and keep those two superstars out, possibly three superstars out. Um, then that case, okay, maybe they they've got a much much better shot. Then then there's really no excuse for them not to, but. The NBA is a really superstar-driven league. You need your superstars. I know that they have Giannis. Have Giannis. They have um, now Bogdanovich. They have Drew Holiday. They still have um, uh, Chris Middleton. So all of them, I mean, all of them are obviously ballers. All of them great players. But besides Giannis, there's still no superstars there. And I think these past, past decade or so has shown that you need superstars to win in the NBA, like, it is driven by that, I know people don't, the super team moniker has gotten, people think it's gotten kind of out of hand, but it is what it is, like, that's how you win now, is with superstars, outside of that one kind of fluke year with the Raptors winning, um, you know, really the only superstar there was Kawhi, um, but the rest of that, you know, Warriors, Cavs have dominated for a while, you know, Miami, when LeBron was there, so, you got to have your, your, your big names. And Milwaukee will make a lot of noise with their new additions. Um, but I don't know. If, if they get bounced before getting to the finals this year, again, I, I don't know if Giannis is going to end up staying instead of, instead of wanting out to go join up with another big name. Because I, I was really hoping to see Milwaukee somehow forcing a big name to come join uh, Giannis, but they got they got some great players to come play with them, and we'll see what happens. Maybe they they are able to assemble enough. I mean, hey, Toronto did it, um, so maybe the Milwaukee can also you know use uh, their group of great players and make a a big impact and go actually make the finals this year. But I don't know. Pe- depends on what Brooklyn's gonna do. But no, nevertheless, they should uh, really be really be thankful for being able to get Holiday and. Bogdanovich, that's that's big for them, regardless, even though, you know, they're not superstars. And I've got to uh, hydrate. Just kidding on hydrate. Uh, next up, number one, who should be the most thankful this year, if you haven't guessed it already, I think it should be quite obvious. The Los Angeles Lakers should be the most thankful team without a doubt. Yes, they lost Rondo, which I mean, Rondo's veteran experience is just priceless. Uh, they also lost JaVel McGee. I think he went to Cleveland and then um, Dwight Howard went to Philly. So it is what it is. That's a three veteran players gone. But who they got with Mark Gasol, uh, Montrez Harold stealing him from the Clippers. And then, of course, you get Dennis Schroeder. Uh, that is just unbelievable for the already reigning champs to bring in more pieces. Now, I the Schroeder-Rondo comparison, I don't think that... Here's the thing. I, I love Dennis Schroeder. I would have loved him to come to Boston. Dude, LeBron said the best. Dude's a dog. Um, I just love the way he plays. You can tell he's a dude that just loves to play the game of basketball. So... When you have like a guy like that who's also just a dog and just wants to go get it no matter who's on the other side, I mean, that's a, a dangerous, dangerous dude 
uh, when he's on the floor. So Dennis Schroeder being added to that team, really going to give him a burst on offense because he's super athletic, still young, and can just go get it. Um, but the thing with him and Rondo is that comparing like who's better and you know which would be a better uh, piece for the Lakers, I'm still taking Dennis Schroeder. I love Rondo being a Celtics fan. Um, but at the same time, you know, regular season, Rondo wasn't anything, you know, too crazy. It was really his postseason experience um, and just, you know, craftiness that he was able to make a huge, huge impact in the playoffs, um, which is something that we haven't seen Schroeder been able to do because even though he has been to the playoffs a few times, you know, Rondo has had a incredible amount of playoff experience. His playoff resume is a, a stack while Dennis Schroeder's is like a little, you know, little brochure. Uh, yeah, but what I think that will end up happening is that when dudes get onto, it's different when you're playing on a playoff team that's like a seven, six, maybe eight seed, and you know, like, you know, I can go out here and I can play at 200%, and we're probably still going to lose. Like, we're going to get bounced out no matter how hard I play. Um, but it's different when you're playing for a, I mean, he's on the reigning champs now. So a legit shot at making a, a repeat and going back to back champions. Um, when you're on that kind of a team, it's like dudes will play a lot in a different way. Cause it's like, yo, I have a, a legit shot at winning a ring this year. So not to say obviously he was trying before, but I feel like he's good. It's going to elevate his game to an, a whole nother level, especially when your team is led by LeBron James. I mean, everybody always plays better when they're around LeBron for the most part. So I think he's definitely going to fit into that. LeBron's going to put that fire in him come the playoffs. And when he's Dennis Schroeder actually playing for something this time, it's going to be scary. I think they've got a, a huge, huge piece with him. To me, that was the biggest move through all of free agency, not not Montrez Harrell going there, not Ibaka going to the Clippers, um, not Bogdan going to Milwaukee. I mean, those are all big moves, but that was the move because Dennis Schroeder with LeBron, learning from him, learning from just the Lakers organization on a championship team, not just a championship caliber team, but the reigning champs already. Lakers scored huge on getting him there, and it's just more credit to that's how you that's how you get it done. Like if you're a reigning champ, you just came off winning a championship you don't just sit on your hands and go all right let's let's try the same thing next year it's like no we gotta adjust everybody else is gonna adjust we have to keep getting better and not just sit here and rely on what we just did is gonna work this next year like that's not how it works in the nba like people are going to do whatever they can to take you down so you gotta make the adjustments spend the money dudes are gonna leave it's gonna happen so how do we fill in those blanks and not just try and maintain, but how do we just get a step better? And Lakers just gave a perfect example on how to do that. Teams need to take notes. The Warriors were kind of that same way those past few years when they were making offseason moves, you know, getting KD and bringing veteran guys in uh, to, to stay stay relevant. So, yeah, big props to the Lakers. They should, without a doubt, be the most thankful team this uh, after this free agency because they were uh, – they were, without a doubt, the winners of this whole thing. I, I still think that if I had to pick right now, again, without seeing exactly what Brooklyn's going to do, all this James Harden talk, I don't know. Um, if I had to pick right now, I think the Lakers are going to repeat because they're, I mean, 
I just can't pick against them at this point. Can't pick against them because Brooklyn's still a big question mark. So, yeah. Um, I think that will do it. Oh, that will not do it. I almost forgot. Um, we're going to go straight to the L's of the week before I go to this break. Get some drink real quick. All right, moving back to football, we're going to finish the rest of the show from here on out with football. Um, yeah, so we're going to do the L's of the week. In case you don't know, this is the segment of the show where we usually go down some of the worst losses that teams took this past week. And um, yeah, I'll just go right into it. I'm going to start off with my New England Patriots losing to the Houston Texans 27-20. to Folks. It is basically put the nail in our collective coffin as a team. Um, we played a good game on both sides of the ball when we played Baltimore last week. Um, and then we get to Houston, and the offense was actually good. I don't, I really don't have a problem with the offense until Burkhead went out. That And from that point on, it was just nosedive. I mean, we fell right out of the sky as soon as he went out because the rest of the game, the offense was just came to a complete halt. So, for the most part, the offense did play well for most of the game. Really don't have a problem there. It was the defense this game. We couldn't stop a nosebleed. It was just Deshaun Watson completely tearing us apart. Um, Yeah, it's like one week, if it's not the defense, it's the problem, it's the offense. The next week, if it ain't the offense, it's the defense. It was like that one, maybe one week where we beat the Ravens, and I guess you could say the first game of the season we beat the Dolphins, but pretty much since then, it's always one side of the ball is extremely just flat. As I slap the mic, one side of the ball is flat, and then the other side of the ball will play well, but on either side, we don't have a strong enough uh, upside to carry that you know downside. Basically, if the offense... Um, is slacking. The defense is not good enough to completely shut down the other team. And then the opposite, if the defense can't stop a nosebleed, our offense is not explosive at all. So we really can't do anything about that for damn sure. So I'm honestly just kind of tired of talking about it as far as this team goes. We're not doing anything. The Dolphins, and funny thing is the Dolphins actually did lose to the Chargers. So this would have been a perfect opportunity for us to capitalize. Win our third game in a row. We didn't, and it's like, it's kind of like there goes our opportunity of trying to make a playoff push. I think mathematically we're still not eliminated from the playoffs because there's still a, quite a bit of football to be left, but our schedule's not getting any, any easier. We play Arizona next. They're going to just completely dump all over us. Um, yeah, I, I see us, to be honest, I see us going 1-5 and five for the rest of the season. That one win will come against the Jets on the very last game of the year. It, it's just embarrassing. I'm I'm at that point where I'm like, I don't... You guys are going to lose. I'll, I'll still wear my stuff. I'll, I'll watch the games. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and act like we've got, you know, a real shot. I, yes, you can say I'm, I'm throwing in the towel at this point of the season. That loss was just... Made me want to pull out my hair. You can call whatever. And I, I, I don't care. At this point, they're just bad. It's just a bad team. There's no other way I could say it. Um, we'll see what happens. If, if we do go on a five, hey, maybe we'll end up with a pretty good draft pick. Um, hopefully, we don't mess around and, like, win a game here, a game there. And then we have this, like, that null, meaningless draft pick. And all this is just for nothing. So, 
just go one and five. Hell, go in zero and six for all I care. Just get the higher draft pick at this point. Just bad, 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 bad team. Uh, anyway, next L, the Jaguars lost twenty. Or sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought I said the other way around. The Jaguars did lose twenty-seven to three to the Steelers. Jaguars took a beating. They were trying to look legit when they played the Packers. Um, the Steelers are actually ten and a half point favorite to win this game. I didn't trust the ten and a half points. I was like, ah, I don't know. You know, the Jags did make some noise against the Packers. They made it pretty close. I don't know if I if I would take that ten and a half. So I didn't put anything on this game. But I really wish I had because uh, you know Steelers easily easily covered that. Only held um, Jags to three points. I don't even know their name of the quarterback right now since um um I can't think of their their starter's name right now. But since he's out, they got the backup in. Um, he was just terrible, terrible, terrible. I don't really blame him. You are playing the best team in the NFL, so he just got completely just blindsided, to be honest. But um, really wish I would have bet on that game um, because, dang, easy. That was a, a comfortable, if you bet on that game, comfortable just sitting there enjoying watching that one because that was a beatdown. Speaking of beatdowns, the Panthers beat the snot out of the Lions 20-0. to zero. zero points. Zero points. Matt Patricia. Seriously. I don't know how this man still has a job. I've, I say this like probably every other week because they're on this segment of the show uh, every other week. Um, but I would say he's getting fired this coming off season. But why would that happen? Like if you kept him to this point, clearly management doesn't have a problem with it. So he'll probably be back. So I, I will not say he's going to get fired this off season because... Why would I say that? You know, you give me no proof to, to think otherwise. So, yeah, Lions, I don't know. Good for the the Panthers for just laying it on them. But if you're a Detroit fan, God bless you. Uh, last L of the week is, of course, the Monday night game when the Bucks lost at home 27-24 to uh, to the Los Angeles Rams. I did make a little bit of money on this game because I did uh, bet the I think I bet, yeah, I bet the over on this game, so I I did make money there. But I would have made an even more money had Tom Brady not thrown that pick to end the game. Um, I think I bet the both teams were gonna score over twenty-seven and a half points. Um, so on that drive, had he not thrown it away, it looked like they were gonna tie the game up and send it to overtime. And then from there, I mean, I wouldn't have been guaranteed that that would have been right, but would have gotten a lot better chance than the game just ending um yeah the bucks i don't know um they just look like they have too much to choose from like they, they have a, a bunch of different weapons um i'll, I'll kind of like elaborate that on later on in the show but I'll, I'll give the rams their props on this segment good job to la for coming here and getting the job done. The Rams looking really, really good right now. I want to say you're 7-3, maybe 8-3. One of the two. You only have three losses, is what I'm trying to say. Um, look out for them in the NFC playoffs. To me, they're kind of like the uh, the Colts in the AFC. How that team you really don't want to see. The Rams, same way. Like, you just, you don't know with them. Like, they could really do some damage. Jared Goff, I'm not calling you Jared Goff for once. I, I did get that from Skip Bayless, but... You played really, 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 really well. Played right up to the moment. One, I mean, the last time he played, Tom Brady was in the Super Bowl. Um, and that just kind of reminds you, people, this team is only 
a year, two years removed from the Super Bowl. Like, I know that they did not have a good year last year. Most teams do have that Super Bowl slump. But the fact that they've came right back and are right back in the mix of it, Rams look really good. Very complete-looking team. Um, it, it seems like Jared Goff has finally kind of learned, like, hey, I don't have to be this gunslinger to win games. Like, I just have to do just enough. Just don't lose the game and make the big throws. And this team is crazy talented. We could win just like that. I don't, I don't have to be some hero. So, good on Jared Goff for realizing that. Great on their offense. Cooper Cup, ridiculously good. Uh, Robert Woods, really, really good as well. Their defense. Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. I mean, those dudes are that team is just so well, well built that uh, they're going to make some noise in the playoffs. Look out for the Rams in the playoffs. I don't want to say they're going to win the whole thing. You're going to get crazy here. But um, the Rams are definitely not uh, super, like, you know, they fell out of the Super Bowl and they're just nose diving from there. They have caught themselves. They're on the rise. Look out for the Rams. Um, yeah, I'm going to take a break, folks. That's going to do it for the first half of the show. When we come back, we can hop right in with the Week 12 predictions for the NFL and then wrap it up um, with the FanDuel Fantasy lineup. So I will be right back. Yeah. If I can drop a track. <laughs> Y'all want to see me drop a track with this, this mic on? Don't mess around now. I might get some heat. Welcome back after the break. You know, I was just sitting here just jamming out on my own here. You know, when Shaq's not here, it's like, you know, what do I do? <laughs> I just be having a good time, folks. Anyway, hope you guys uh, didn't miss me too much. If you don't mind, going to uh, play a little, uh, some little background beats. I didn't have to set up on the, on the first half of the show, but um, still figuring out on the tech side of things. Ten episodes in. I figured, give me the first ten episodes to figure out. Uh, the tech side of things get the kinks worked out and um, I can I can work some wonders but um, I think I think we're doing pretty good right now so um, yeah we got an ad on a uh, good old SoundCloud here so I'm gonna mute that for now um, anyway uh, this is still a sports show um, yeah we're going to hop in with the week 12 predictions and then we're gonna uh, finish it off with the FanDuel fantasy lineup which I think I have that on my phone here you guys are literally getting an ad in the background. I apologize for that, but uh, it should be done here in a second. I can't mute it for some reason. Um, anyway, um, going back to the, the the football side of things here. Uh, so we have tomorrow. All right, so we got Thanksgiving games tomorrow. The Steelers-Ravens game that should have been the night game tomorrow um, is postponed due to COVID. I guess a few Ravens got COVID, um, so... That is postponed until Sunday. I think Sunday afternoon. Don't quote me on that because who knows? It could get pushed back even further with how you know COVID's going. But yeah, um, so there's only two games on tomorrow on Thanksgiving, which is um, the Texans at the Lions at 12:30, and then we have the Washington Football Team stupid at the uh, Dallas Cowboys, of course, at 4:30. Um, so let me start off with the uh, Texans Lions game. So Houston is a uh, two and a half point favorite. They are a road favorite against uh, the Lions, who are two and a half point underdogs at home. Um, the Texans are in the midst of playing a few bad teams. Um, 
they took advantage of us, which is not hard to do. But um, I think they're about to do the same to Detroit, to be honest. Um, they, they have, again, they have a few bad teams around them right now. I think they're going to feast on these teams. And um, the Lions are just going to be one of them. Like I said, last video or last the first half of this video, um, the Lions are just bad. They're just a bad football team. They didn't score a single point against the Carolina Panthers last week. So are we, are we really expecting them to win on Thanksgiving? They seem to... I don't know what their Thanksgiving stats are, but something tells me that they are not good um, on uh, on Thanksgiving. Shaq is here in the chat. Shout out to Shaq getting off that that long slave shift of a uh, of a shift. Um, yeah, the uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I do think that it's gonna be close. Um, but the Lions, I know that you're at home. It's Thanksgiving. You guys always play on Thanksgiving. You're usually the first team to play on Thanksgiving, but I don't trust the Lions with a pair of safety scissors, so I'm picking the Texans to win this game. In a close one, I've got the winning uh, 21-17. to um, I think they're going to cover that 2.5-point spread, so I, I bet a little bit of money on the Texans to win this game, so I am putting my money in my mouth. These people, I'm not going to change it up last minute um, like I did with a couple of the other games last week. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'm going to stick with the Texans. The Texans are going to win this game. They're going to cover the spread. Pick the Houston Texans this week. Lions. Uh, Washington at Dallas at 430. Once again, the NFL insists on showing America's team at prime time on Thanksgiving. Always when everybody's about to sit down and eat. You know, the game starts, they, they roll out the cowgirls out there, and whoever is, is uh, honored with the opportunity of beating them down on this uh, sacred holiday. Um, but yeah, the cowgirls coming off a big win against the Vikings. I'll give them that. Um, but the last time these two teams played, Andy Dalton literally got knocked out of the game. Um, that the whole game was just an embarrassment of Washington just absolutely rolling over the, the Cowgirls. I think they only scored three three points that game. Flew across the country to score three points. Um, but Andy's back now. He's trying to string together two wins in a row. And he's playing the team that had just knocked him out a few weeks ago. So I feel like he's going to be, you know, he's going to want to play up to the, the event. It's Thanksgiving. It's probably the first time that he's ever excuse me ever played on thanksgiving quite possibly the last time he's gonna play on thanksgiving um which is not a knock on him because for whatever reason the nfl insists on putting uh the same teams in on thanksgiving anyway um but yeah all that being said the, the cowgirls beating the vikings last week uh, in a, a very good you know, good fashion they looked good um andy dalton coming off that concussion from the same team uh, that same team beating down this team. They are now at home. The tables have turned. It's Thanksgiving. The Cowgirls always play on Thanksgiving. They're used to it. I am going to pick the Dallas Cowboys to win this game against my better judgment. I know I, I usually go with my gut, trust my judgment, but something's telling me the Cowgirls have got this this time around. Um, I think they're going to they're gonna win this outright. If you're betting on this, you don't really even need the points. They're going to win the 17 to 14. Um, yeah, they uh, they're going to cover that 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 spread just barely. Um, but yeah, I got them winning 17 to 14. Not a high scoring game, of course not. Remember these these are two NFC least teams. Um, but yeah, I, I've got the Cowboys winning this. 
I think I already bet on this game, but if I did not, I, I will. I will put my money where my mouth is. Um, yeah, so, Cowgirls, for once, I'm going to be rooting for you on a uh, Thanksgiving game. So, moving on to the next one, I'm still going to pick the uh, Raven-Steelers game here, even though it's going to be moved to Sunday, but I still had it positioned here because up until this point, I thought it was going to be tomorrow. Um, but yeah, this is the last of their divisional matchup between the Steelers and the Ravens. Um, the Ravens coming off their second, um, Ryan Brown live in the chat, shout out to Ryan saying, no, they don't. Washington has it. Ryan is convinced for some odd reason that his home team is going to somehow, uh, bring home a dub on Thanksgiving. Again, I'm going to stick with my guns, but, um. Who knows? Again, I'm not convinced. Don't get me wrong. It's not going to be a blowout or anything like that. I'm, I'm just going to stick with my guns. And the Cowgirls will somehow, some way, get the job done. Andy Dalton, look out, folks. Um, but anyway, yeah. Um, Ravens at Steelers. Um, yeah, the Ravens coming off their second loss in a row. Steelers are riding high after they beat down the Jags. Um I would imagine the Ravens are going to be mad. They had lost this team the last time they played them. They lost the last two games. Um, I'm going to say it, folks. I don't see the Ravens losing three games in a row. I just don't quite see it. I mean, I granted, I did kind of put this together before I found out that a few of them had COVID. So that might affect some things because it usually does in these instances. So... I'm still going to go with my original judgment and say that the Ravens are going to pull off the upset. They are a five-point underdog coming into this game. So, I think if you're betting, I, I mean, to be honest, I'm put it straight up. If you're betting, I would not put any money on this game because of the COVID thing. Again, I came up with this the show notes before I found out that the Ravens had COVID. So, it kind of throws a mix a wrench into the system, so I wouldn't bet on this because teams after COVID are really, really weird. Um, so I'd kind of stay away from that one. Um, I think I bet on the over under on this game, which is a bit more safe that way. Um, but anyway, I'm gonna stick with my for just for the sake of the show. I'm gonna stick with my original pick of saying that the Ravens are going to pull off the upset. I feel like if the Steelers are going to lose, this would kind of be one of the games they do. The Ravens playing their heart out, don't want to lose three in a row. It's their divisional uh, rival. I think the Ravens are going to to pull off the L here. Um, <laughs> Shaq is saying that the Steelers are already 11-0. Super Bowl, they're, they're Super Bowl bound coming here to Tampa. Um, I think you want to take that one win or that one loss in the regular season. Like You want to kind of get humbled a bit when you have some room for error like take it here figure out how they beat you and then um correct those mistakes going forward because you don't want that to happen come the postseason there is trust me as a patriots fan there is nothing worse than going into the postseason undefeated and then you know a team does find out how to beat you and it's on the worst possible circumstance because <laughs> i mean you're out of luck then but if it's during the regular season go ahead and take that l then nobody gives a damn if you go uh 15 and 1 and then win the super bowl but um or i guess the other way around like if you go 15 and 1 and win the super bowl great but if you go uh 16 and 0 in the regular season and then you lose in the postseason Nobody's going to give a damn about that undefeated season in that case. So, 
get the kinks worked out when you've got some room for error. I think that the loss does come here. I see this being, yeah, this will probably be their only loss uh, for the Steelers all year. But, um, yeah, again, COVID happening. I'm not trying to hedge, hedge my bet here, but we will see is, is all I'm saying. I guess you say that with all these games. Uh, second to last one, we have the Titans at the, the um, Colts. I'm going to keep this one pretty quick. Um, the Titans are a three-and-a-half-point underdog on the road. Um, this is at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Big divisional game. Both teams um, feeling feeling good right now for both teams. Um, the Colts upsetting the Packers. The Titans coming off an overtime win against – or both teams coming off an overtime win. Um, but this one was a pretty hard one for me to pick. Um, but I am going to take the Colts covering the spread in a 26-21 to 21 victory. Um, and I think the Colts are going to go on to win this division, the AFC South. Um, the Titans, I think, will claim a, a wild card spot because I don't think the Ravens are going to be able to do it. And, you know, we'll see what happens with the rest of that uh, AFC conference. But the Colts, yeah, they are they're just a nasty team right now. I think that the Colts are in it to win it. This is a huge, huge game. The winner of this probably will go on to win the division, I would imagine. So, um, yeah, I'm going to take the Colts to win this. I'm not going to go into much of an explanation on why. Cause I don't have much of a reason. Just my gut feeling. I feel like this is where they are trending towards now in order to win uh, the AFC South. And then moving on to last but not least, the game of the quite possibly the game of the year. We thought it was going to be the Chiefs-Ravens towards the beginning of the year on Monday Night Football, but Chiefs are three-and-a-half-point favorites coming to Tampa to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 4.30 this Sunday afternoon. Um, this is going to be interesting, folks. The, the Bucks are in a really rough spot right now. They just lost on Monday Night Football to Jared Goff and the L.A. Rams. And then we also have the Chiefs coming into this at, I think, 9-1 right now. They are, like, the second best team in the NFL. Very, very interesting. Brady-Mahomes matchups are always, always highly, highly entertaining. If I had to imagine, Tony Romo probably is going to be uh, calling this game. Um, Yeah, these Mahomes-Brady games are always great. Uh, but now Brady's got a new gang with him, new Brady bunch with him. So should be uh, even more interesting. But I'm not really going to the Chiefs. The Chiefs, we all know what they're about. They're going to do their thing. They're going to come in here to Tampa and no no doubt about it. The Bucks, though, there are some question marks after Monday's loss. So <clears throat> they already had a lot of weapons before they signed A.B., now they, you just added one more big weapon. And they seem to have the issue of just too many weapons, which sounds odd. I didn't think I'd ever say that, but too much to choose from. It's like you've got, if you're Tom Brady and you're going through your reads and it's like, I could go there, I could go there, I could go there. And I could, and it's like, it almost takes too much time because instead of just throwing it to the most obvious option, it's like, well... I could kind of throw it to anybody if I kind of force it. And I, I think that maybe some of his turnovers are due to that. Um, and don't get me wrong. like He's had a few really bad turnovers. I'm, try- I'm not trying to excuse really any of them. I need to drink my, my uh, throat's getting kind of dry here. <clears throat> yeah. 
had a, a few really bad turnovers. And I think it becomes, like I was saying, like, you, you see Mike Evans, A.B., Chris Godwin, Gronk, and it's like, you know, he's so good that I think I can force the ball to him, and it's like trying to fit it into these tight and just weird situations, and then you end up throwing the pagans. It's kind of like uh, if you have, let's just say you're this well off, you have a bunch of supercars in your garage, and you have too much to choose from, and it's like you get to the point where you really find yourself like, you know what, it's kind of too much for me to maintain having all these cars. It's like I'm forcing myself to drive a new one every single day. And really, like that one car in the corner over there is, is great. Like I could just drive that one. It's a reliable car. I don't, you know, I don't really need maybe a Lamborghini, a Ferrari, a Bugatti. I could just go with maybe just a BMW. It's still a nice car. Still a great car, but you know the BMW and the, the Porsche get the job done. I don't really need everything else. You know, it, it's kind of that that thing where even if you had all those options, you're gonna just kind of end up falling into what's the most reliable anyway. Which is why a lot of times you see Brady going to Chris Godwin a lot of the times, and <clears throat> and fortunately, it's like do more more of that. Like if Chris Chris Godwin is who you feel most comfortable with um, and he, you know, who just happens to be a great receiver, go with that instead of trying to force it to AB. Cause you know, AB is in Brady's ear. Like, come on, man, I'm open. I, I get dude can't cover me. Just keep forcing the ball. I'll, I'll get it. I'll just go up and get it. It's like, all right, I got him. And you know, Mike Evans is on the other side. Like, you know, Hey, don't forget about me. You know, I've been here. I, I've drafted here. I'm always a buck. Come on. You know, I'm still, you know, I'm Mike Evans. And then, and then it kind of abandons the running game. Like Rojo, it can do his thing. So the Bucks, to me, it's clearly a problem of just too many options. I don't know if they're going to be able to fix it. This game is going to be very telling, though, because Patrick Mahomes has a bunch of options, but he knows. I mean, he came into that knowing these guys, and they they all have played together for a few years now. But obviously, with the Bucks, this is kind of a new gang. Obviously, new quarterback, so it's a bit different. Um, so this game is going to be very telling. Can the Bucks figure it out? If they can't in this game, it, it is really going to get tough. Like, <clears throat> do they keep AB? Because right now, he's on like a week-to-week basis, and it seemed like they were just figuring out this problem, and then AB came in and it's like it reset things, which is really not AB's fault. I'm not trying to blame him. It's just the circumstances. If you keep making major changes. You know, adding a new player in week 11 or 10, whenever they brought him in, that's a major change when you add in, especially AB with as big of a personality as he has. I don't know. Can they figure it out? This game is going to be very telling because if they lose this, they lose two in a row, it's going to be really, really ugly. They're going to be, they're going to need to make some changes. I guarantee you if they lose this game, they're going to make some changes, whatever that is. Who knows, but uh, if they're going to let go of AB or somebody, but they're going to need to do something. I think that they are currently probably going through all kinds of stuff to figure out, all right, how do we make this work? Because we want to make it work, and we, of course, do not want to lose a two games in a row on our home field, um, especially against the Kansas City Chiefs. I know Tom Brady wants to beat this team. He lost to them last year in New England. Um, he does not want to lose a, a second time to this, this same team, so... And, you know, Patrick Holmes, new kid on the block. 
best player in the NFL right now, hands down. Tom Brady's not trying to hear that. He's like, yo, we, we got to figure this one out. So, who am I going to pick? I actually, in my show notes, I didn't even actually put a pick here. So, I'll pick it live on the show. I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm sorry. They're a three-point favorite on the road. <clears throat> I say put your money on the Chiefs. Safer pick to me, the three points. I think they'll cover that. I, I think it's going to be, uh, I don't know, 34-28 around there. Maybe not 34. I don't know. Uh, let's say 30. Uh, let's say 30-26. 30-26 Chiefs, the Chiefs will cover either way. The the three points is going to be whatever to them. The Chiefs, they can put up points literally in their sleep. So, yeah, I think they're going to put Tampa into that really, really rough spot. Again, I'm going to I'm gonna go down with the ship on Tampa. They're my pick to win it all. Um, So, even if they are whatever, seven or five, I think, um, I, I still think they'll they'll make the playoffs and they'll they'll figure it out then but right now I think it, we have yet to see the worst when it comes to the Tampa drama and uh, ESPN Fox they're all going to be going crazy once the Chiefs beat them this Sunday on their home field um, and, and people here in Tampa are going to be depressed walking around like they don't know what's going on and uh, man, you know they won't get mad at Tom Brady because people in here people here in Tampa are weird with that they act like he's been here forever <clears throat> but um yeah, they're going to put them in a, in a hard spot this Sunday. The Chiefs are, so I got the Chiefs. That will do it for the predictions. That's going to move us into the last last topic here, which is uh, the fan dual fantasy lineups. I'm just pulling up my lineup here on my phone. I could do it on my computer, but that requires me to type, which would be super loud for you guys. Oh, I think I have it up already. Hold on one second here, folks. I'm going to go to upcoming on FanDuel. Yeah, I want to leave that page. Of course I do. There's nothing like doing something live on the uh, the old show here. Yeah. They're they're asking me to enter another contest on FanDuel. FanDuel always trying to get you to enter a new contest. And then they notify you late when you got a free play. I'm like, why didn't you tell me this when I was trying to enter a game? They'll... Anyway, it's neither here nor there. All right. So, again, I'm only doing tomorrow. This is special edition. This is Thanksgiving Eve. So, uh, this lineup is just for the Thanksgiving games, um, which apparently I just saw uh, somebody, like, tweeted that this lineup of games is, like, some of the worst lineups ever. Like, all four teams combined have a total of, like, 13 wins amongst the four teams playing like it's that bad of a thanksgiving lineup once you take out the steelers and ravens that were supposed to be playing it's like a combined 13 wins that these four teams currently have so this is bad but it's it's one of those like it could be very entertaining bad games for thanksgiving so yeah anyway um you know get right into it so i got deshaun watson at my quarterback a lot of these won't require too much explanation <clears throat> because Again, like, this is all that's playing, so... Excuse me. Yeah, there's only four teams playing, so... I don't really have much... Too much of an option on a lot of these picks, so... Deshaun Watson is my quarterback. Um, I, He's been playing really, really well. 
I mean, he's always been playing pretty pretty well. So <clears throat> coming off last week's win against my Patriots, uh, yeah, Watson he's he's gonna do his thing against the Lions. He's gonna get his. I say take Deshaun Watson. Really can't go wrong with him. Uh, my starting running back, I took Zeke. Spent the eighty five hundred on him. Um, he played well last game. I think he's gonna play well again this game. Washington. Don't slow him down this time. I, I don't think you will either because Zeke's going to get his this game. Um, I think he's feeling himself Thanksgiving. He's been here, done that. Um, he's he's going to want to get his payback on that team and prove to everybody, hey, I'm, I'm still that dude. At least today I am that dude. Um, so, yeah. Next, I've got uh, David Johnson, my second running back for the Texans. Um, yeah, I think, you know, Deshaun can't throw it every single time. He's going to have to hand it off to, <clears throat> to David Johnson. Again, a lot of these don't require much explanation. It's like, it's just, he's the best option available out of all these guys. So David Johnson of the uh, Houston Texans for my first wide receiver, I've got Brandon Cooks of the Houston Texans. Um, the Lions are just terrible. I think Deshaun Watson is going to carve him up. He's going to throw the ball a lot. He's going to hand it off a lot. It's going to just a well-rounded game from the Texans is what I'm seeing. Um, but, yeah, I think Brandon Cooks is going to have a solid game. I don't think he's going to go crazy. Would love that to happen. But, um, you know, I, th- I think he'll have a pretty pretty big game, fairly big game. So, yeah, Brandon Cooks. Next, I got C.D. <coughs> Lamb of the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Andy Dalton. Not gonna be airing out, but he'll he'll make the throws that he needs to, and those throws seem to always come to C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb's a great great receiver. It's a shame he's in Dallas, but um, yeah, C.D. Lamb he'll be on the the uh, good end of a few few big passes. Next, my last wide receiver, I took Amari Cooper. I'm not gonna lie, I struggled to find who should I put at this spot. Um, Amari Cooper, such a strange, strange player. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just figured, you know, if I'm picking the Cowgirls to win this game anyway, let's just go ahead and get Amari Cooper. Maybe he'll catch a, a big ball or two, Andy Dalton looking down the field, and he's going to be like, there's Amari right there. Amari seems to always have that, like, one or two really big catches in these big games, like these big primetime games. Mari Cooper, a lot of times he'll have those one or two big catches. It's the games that are like one o'clock on a Sunday, uh, you know, games where like really nobody, I mean, Cowgirl fans are always watching, <clears throat> but, um, excuse me, my throat is just dry. You know, the, the not primetime games are the ones where Mari Cooper just vanishes. The man is a magician. Now you see him, now you don't. You could be on the field. You could have just saw him on the field. They snapped the ball and then he vanishes. Uh, but if it's a primetime game, He'll he'll make he'll make a few big catches. So I'm like, okay, gamble. Mari Cooper scoop me up some points here. Um, and then for my tight end, I've got Hawkinson of the uh, Detroit Lions. T.J. Hawkinson. Um, I just figured out of all the tight ends available out of these four games, T.J. Hawkinson is by far the best. So I'll just just give me good old T.J. For my flex, I've got Antonio Antonio Gibson of the Washington football team uh yeah i mean <laughs> i don't have much for an explanation for him folks it's just starting running back for the washington football team washington's gonna have to run the ball quite a bit so 
go ahead and go ahead and get him. And then for the defense, oh man, this was the hardest to pick. Let me say, out of all these positions, this was the most time I spent picking a defense because these four teams are all so god awful, specifically on defense that it's like, who do you pick? It's you know, pick your poison. Who do you, who do you want to not give you any points this week? So, uh. I figured out of all four of these teams, the defense that I trust the most at this point. Went ahead and took the Houston Texan defense. And I'm not putting much stock into this, folks. To be honest, you could probably uh, pick a num- random number one through four, and then there you go. And you'd have the same result, probably. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Texan defense. I have no explanation why they seem the lesser of the four evils. So, yeah. That, that's going to do it, folks. If this lineup wins you anything, both Shaq and I's lineup last week won us squat. Pretty bad. I think that makes Shaq two and four. And then I'm three and three. Yeah, three and three at this point makes Shaq three and four, so or two and four. I don't remember what I just said. Anyway, <laughs> clearly I need to wrap up the show. That will pretty much do it for this week, folks. Hope you have a great, great, great Thanksgiving. Um, again, by the time you hear this, if you're on Spotify, you should hear this on Thanksgiving tomorrow. Um, but yeah, that is going to do it. Shaq should be back for next week's show. Back at our usual spot on the table, but I like recording the show here. This is a nice, nice little setup because I get to use everything and I don't have to move everything around. So it, it's a nice little change. But, um, anyway, if you're listening to this, just audio, you're like, what the hell are you talking about? But <laughs> that's going to do it folks. Um, have a, have a great Thanksgiving, eat a lot, be around your family. Um, I'm, I'm thankful if you're listening or watching this show, I'm massively thankful for that. Um, I'm going to go stream over on my channel, Galactic Grizzly. Um, so come say hi if you aren't subscribed there. Thank you all for watching. We'll see you next week. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and on Spotify. See you then. Peace.